All right, what is shaking, everybody? This week's episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented to you by GolfGuide.net, a wonderful online resource where you can learn information about each and every golf course on the West Coast, and you can also save up to 75% on greens fees to golf courses across Northern California. So visit GolfGuide.net, click on the Golf Deals link at the top of the page, and start saving and playing today. One more time, that's golfguide.net. All right. Oh, I have been waiting for this moment for, I, I would say, weeks. You know what? But it just wouldn't be right. I, I would say I've been waiting for this moment for months. One of my favorite humans in the world of golf, and really just the general region defined as California, is here on today's podcast with me. He is a, I, I don't even know how many times he has been on this podcast, but I all I know is that it has been way too long. I've missed him dearly, and I am over the moon excited to have him back once again. It is my good friend, Mr. Chris Durr. Christopher, how are you doing, my man? I have never been better. It's a pleasure and an honor to be back. I always enjoy doing these things with you. I always enjoy coming on the show and talking golf. And I have missed being a part of the Golf Guide podcast for quite a while now. Yes. So I am ecstatic to be back on the show. And I'm so ready to talk some golf with you, my man. Oh, I know. Mr. No Gimmies himself here. Uh, dude, I, I got to admit, since it has been a little while, um, since we've actually had an opportunity to talk uh, on a podcasting platform, I, I was thinking we might just kind of run through a couple different items today. I, I, there's just so much stuff has happened in the world of golf, both personally and professionally, uh, that I just I I'm very very curious to get your thoughts on a, a just a variety of different topics. So I, I think we're going to kind of do like a little quick hitter. Like, I'm going to throw out a topic and maybe you just uh, dish on it for, you know, just share whatever thoughts you've got, and then we just kind of move on to the next one. Does that uh, does that jive with you? That jives with me perfectly, brother. Yeah. I'm so ready. There, there have been a lot of things that have happened since we last spoke. So, yeah, I'm ready. I think I've, I've got strong, formulated opinions on all of them, so oh. I'm ready to I'm ready for the rapid fire. God, I'm so ready. Fire. Oh, that sounds perfect. So, all right, even though I talked about this on a previous podcast, uh your, you know, your take on this, I'm very curious about. As I've, I've mentioned now three different times, uh, since we last talked, the 2019 PGA Tour season has come and gone. The FedEx Cup playoffs came and went. Um, I've certainly have shared my opinions on this podcast, but I'm very curious to see what you know your general view was on how the season ended. You know, obviously between the FedEx Cup playoffs happening, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas. And uh, Roy McIlroy winning the events, Roy McIlroy getting the Player of the Year over Brooks Kepka, which, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm in the majority when I say it. that's pretty fucking whack. But I, I just kind of want your thoughts on everything, how it shook out, the new format for the Tour Championship. I just, you know, it doesn't even have to be organized, you know, in terms of just any general thoughts you have on all of it, brother. I just say go for it. Go. For, all right. Well, let let's. Let's try to keep it somewhat chronological. I'll okay. start with the okay. first event at Liberty National. Well, mm -hmm. let's yeah, let's start with the yeah. first event at Liberty right. National. Let's do it. I was super underwhelmed watching that one on TV. <laughs> Liberty National is 
pretty and awesome, and it is a gorgeous golf course. I'm not going to sit here and say that it isn't. Uh, fun to watch the President's Cup there and everything. I was just underwhelmed. I wasn't rooting for Patrick Reed. I was rooting for a fellow countryman, Abraham Anser. Mm-hmm. I was really pulling for him to get the W out. Didn't do it. Uh, but the whole week just kind of really fell flat for me. And I was like, man, it just it, it never felt yeah, I, like great, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it never felt like, oh, there was something to be playing for you know it just it just felt like another tour event and if anything i felt like it felt a little bit like less of a of a big tour event like memorial or uh and i'm trying to think of a, a tour event that's a big deal that isn't you know the players or something like the, that and like, i can't and, think of one yeah like uh, did it feel like it was more significant than any of the wgc's to you y- yes you know what it did feel a little bit more significant okay. than some of the wgc's uh i would say it was on a slightly more elevated level than that but it didn't feel any more it didn't feel more important than the memorial it didn't feel more important uh than for some reason the tory event seems really important to me because i feel like that's always one of the events where the big guns come out for the first time yep uh so i don't know it just didn't feel any more important than any one of those to me uh so so that one was a really weird start to the playoffs uh the second event was sweet with with jt torching medina that was awesome and i'm not mad i'm definitely i think i'm in the minority there where i'm not even mad about the fact that he blitzed the field and everyone was not blitzed the field but blitzed the golf course and everyone was talking about how medina was going to be so hard and how these guys were really going to struggle to break par and oh my gosh you're not going to believe how crazy they've had it set up and I mean, it, again, it just goes to show that, like, with when the conditions are wet, those guys are good enough to tear apart any golf course. And yep. I actually enjoy that. I feel like some people think it's a mockery or some people think it's uh, not good for the game because they say that golf is turning into, like, IndyCar racing where the margins are so thin that, like, you don't really get to see a lot of parity or whatever in, in, in the game. But mm-hmm. I think golf is an innately... I don't want to say lucky, but, you know, you can have everything that week and still not win. So I think just that big fact alone is going to keep it from feeling boring. And why why it's it's fun to watch people make birdies, you know, like it's it's not the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is the one event of the year that I always really love where you get to watch the guys struggle. So if on a weekend week out basis, they just show up and like break down on a golf course that's supposed to be really hard like why wouldn't i want to watch that these guys are allegedly the top one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the world like if that's what they do that's what they do and i'm here to watch greatness in air quotes you know so so that event for me really kind of was just really really strong i was super happy to see jt win obviously and it was just cool to see all the guys talk about the fact that like yeah they said this was going to be hard and we're 21 under par (laughs) yeah i i kind of with you man i i i think some people I should by some, I mean many people, and myself included to a degree, we kind of forget how difficult it is to make birdies in any conditions and that we kind of just see these guys and we expect them to make birdies. It, it's still really fucking impressive what they do, regardless of whether the golf course is difficult or not. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got to remind myself of that once in a while. So um, through through the first two events, uh, Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas had otherwise very lackluster seasons, and then with a single victory, they both catapulted all the way to the top of the season-long FedEx Cup points race. Did that? Did you? Did you have any issue with that at all? Yes, I did. I did, but yeah. I don't know. I don't. I haven't figured out what the solution for that is. I, I've, 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 we've had done full podcasts about how we would rework the FedEx Cup, uh, 
there's the entire FedEx Cup playoff yeah. system. Feel free for anyone listening to this podcast to go back <laughs> and check that out because I think we actually had some pretty good ideas in the moment. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the FedEx Cup playoff system is not perfect. And I, I really didn't like the fact that those guys vaulted to the top. Uh, I think there's a, I definitely think there's a better way to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That didn't, that, that bothered me. But at the same time, I was able to kind of put it aside. Uh, one thing that I was very pleasantly surprised with in the tour championship was the staggered scoring. Yes. I was, I was so ready to, I was ready to hate it. I spent the whole oh. season, I spent the whole season hating it. I had my ticket to the player haters ball in my hand, ready to attend and ready to just hate, 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 hate. And it I, I, I bought two. I bought yeah. two tickets just because I was like, I'm, I'm for sure going just in case I lose this one. I'm going. <laughs> I know. I, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I was ready to say that this is just the dumbest idea. And I, I don't know if I loved it so much as I just I watched it and I was like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. It's fine. I, I think I loved it. And OK, good. And I'll, I can tell you why. I think back to the main point we were just making a minute ago about how these guys are so Good. They're the top 1% of the 1%. The margins are so thin once you get to the PGA Tour and that level of golf. And golf is an incredibly mental game, as anyone who plays knows. And so they, by staggering the scoring, they forcibly made the people at the top uncomfortable mm-hmm. without them even hitting a shot. And it, it's it's fake. Like, you're getting a fake starting number. Like, it's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like mere willy-nilly mi- minus 10, you know? Like, that's not... You didn't earn that per se, but it clearly changed the way people played. It changed their mentality, and that's everything at the highest level. For those guys, it's the it's basically always comes down to whoever puts the best and whoever kind of wants it the most for that week. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the final straw that decides a lot of times who wins on tour. And so to make these guys uncomfortable on Tuesday before they even started playing and not un- uncomfortable because of the unknown comfortable because of how known it was you know like there's there's always a level of uncomfort for those guys in the majors uh or big events because they don't know how the course is going to play they don't know what people are going to be shooting they don't know you know exactly where where, what you know strengths and weaknesses of their game they'll be able to take advantage of on that specific golf course but by starting someone at minus 10 you're already uncomfortable because you have something to lose all of a sudden you know and anytime if you tee it up and everyone starts even you're kind of the the apprehension comes from a lot of unknown variables that that everyone is sharing but if you start someone at minus 10 the 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 issue becomes you're all of a sudden playing to to hold on to something and it it showed i mean it'd be like jt made a triple in the first round and like jt doesn't make triples you know and like and that was just one of those things that that happened, and I think it solely happened just because he was in his head a little bit too much. And and it's it's weird to think that something so arbitrary and, for lack of a better word, lame, <laughs> by just starting someone at a score better than anyone else. It's funny to see how much that affected him. And I think I think even he would be the first to admit that it did kind of jar him a little bit. So it was cool to see that, and I'm happy that it worked as well as it did. Because, like, like you said, I was re- I was at the player haters ball, just so ready, and I ended up. By the time that week was over, I was like, "Man, you know what? That's pretty good." Is yeah. that is that is that the solution I would have thrown around for the FedEx Cup playoff system? Hell to the no! But did it work <laughs> out good? Yeah, hell yeah, it worked out good. Uh, no, that is, uh, you know, man, I actually totally agree with you. And you know what? Uh, uh, my friend Jess, who I've had on the podcast a couple times, 
Or Mr. I should say, Steemack. Well, yeah, yeah, Mr. Steemack. Um, I mean, he just threw out like, would it be better? I mean, I, I guess I'll pose a question to you. Does what what is a superior method of determining, you know, the order and the, and the people that make it through all the various FedEx Cup playoffs? The FedEx Cup point system as it's currently con- configured, or going off the money list? I'd say it would probably be the FedEx Cup point system as it's configured. I'm okay with them weighting different events differently in points. I think that's totally valid. Um, I think I'm assuming they took in they took into account strength of field as far as figuring out how they were going to break down points. Mm. And the money list can get a little weird because like, I mean, some events just have bigger purses, you know. But like, if you win, let's say like this week, let's say this week in Napa, this is a prime example for the Safeway. Uh, there's big names in the field. Adam Scott's playing, JT's playing, Bryson's playing, uh, Phil Mickelson Phil's is playing, playing Patrick yeah, Cantlay is playing, Colin Morikawa, Frankie Molinari. I, hey, I was I was gonna bring up a Safeway Open to you. I, it, it is shocking how good the field is this weekend. Exactly, but the purse is small, like compared to other events, you know. But the field, you could be argued that is is just is just strong as the field at the Travelers, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Travelers has a bigger purse. Yeah. So it's like I, I, you know, the guy who wins the Safeway this week should get just as many points as the guy who wins the travelers and they do but there's a difference in purse size that goes to the winner so it's you know i think i think there's something to be said for the fedex cup point system i don't fully understand it i'm gonna be frank but <laughs> i think it's i think it's a better gauge than who won more dollar dollar bills i'm t- yeah. tired of the dollar dollar bills being the thing that drives things like i am drive as well. stuff because like, that's, that's not that, that doesn't that doesn't like I don't. I don't give a. I don't give a crap. Rory won fifteen million dollars. Sick. Rory already had like two hundred and fifty million dollars. So like, what's fifteen? Like, it's a check you can write to his dad. I'm like, here you go, dude. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Like, yeah. I, you know. So, so I, I don't. The the money doesn't get me all hot and bothered. Uh, like did, the idea of someone trying to win for the first time. Did you feel like the just barrage of reminders of how much money was at stake during the tour championship took away from the broadcast, or were you just kind of like, oh, whatever? No, but I have such low expectations for the broadcast in general. <laughs> so it's like, you know, what am I gonna like? I like, I they have to talk about it. It's their job, you know. That'd be like if, uh, you know, it's like if Johnny Miller didn't mention a sixty-three at Oakmont. It's like, you know, <laughs> does it bother you? Eh. Does it take away from the broadcast? Eh. Do you know he's gonna do it? Like six months from now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's obviously gonna, he's obviously gonna do it. So I feel like it was the same thing with the money thing. It's like obviously they're gonna mention it. That's their whole thing. So I was I feel like it was easy to tune out as far as like okay cool talking about money again like flipping the channel. This is the, this, is, <laughs> this is the most serious question I've asked you thus far on this broadcast, Mister Durr. Now that he is retired, who do you think Johnny tells or talks about a sixty three to most often? His grandkids. Mm. Come yeah. on now, dude. That's, yeah. You gotta. He's, he's gotta got. He's got that. a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. And he's got to validate that he's a cool grandpa. Yeah. Kiddos, I don't know if you know this, but. <laughs> You would shit your pants if you knew what I did at an Oakmont just a, a mere four. Is that almost 50 years ago? Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. That's crazy. Because that was 73, was it not? It was 73. <laughs> man, man, oh, man. All right. Last thing on the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, did you have any problem? Or did you did you think that Rory winning player of the year over uh, Brooks was you know, not as offensive as most people seem to think it was? Yeah, I don't think it was very offensive. I think, objectively speaking, if you think that Rory had a better year than Brooks, I think you might be a little bit off your rocker. But I think the PGA Tour Player of the Year, it says it right in the title. It's the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Each right. major is run by its separate organization. None of them are run by the tour. So, in effect, you, if you wanted to be objective and play by the rules, 
you should take major performances out of the player of the year voting. Yeah, well, do people do people do that? Do people do that? Probably not. Are like, would I have trouble doing that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had a vote, but I mean, like that, it's in the title. It's the PGA Tour Player of the Year, and nobody had a better year on tour than Rory. Did he? Did he get outplayed in the majors? Yeah, every single one. But those aren't the PGA Tour. It's the RNA, the USGA, the PGA of America, and uh, and Augusta National. Like those, that, those are their own complete separate entities separate from the tour. So, you know, would I have, I, I mean, I would have, I feel like I would have made the same argument if Brooks had one player of the year. Excuse me. I would have made the same argument if Brooks had one player of the year. I would have been like, yeah. I mean, but what did he do on tour, you know? So it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, whichever way it would have gone, I would have been okay with it. And I would have had something to say about it. And I think, at the end of the day, I think Rory is like the five percent more right answer in that situation. Okay, that's that's fair. I, I, I respect that. I think that is a, that is an excellent, excellent answer. If I just asked you, regardless of you know criteria, who had a better year in twenty nineteen, Brooks Koepka, Rory McIlroy, your default immediate first response is Brooks. Brooks Koepka. Brooks won a major. Like, yeah. come on. Like, Brooks won a major. Like, every single one of those guys on tour talks about like, especially when you're at that level. Level, the thing that validates the good, the thing that makes a good year a great year is winning a major. Correct. That's what Tiger said. Tiger said that in his mm-hmm. run. Like Brooks has said it, DJ said it, JT, Spieth, everyone, Jack Nicholas, all of them, every single one of them has said the thing. The difference between a good year and a great year is a major. Yeah. So, by all intents and purposes, in that definition, Brooks had a great great year and Rory had a good year. So yeah, I'd say Brooks had a better year. Mm-hmm. Uh. That, but so that's that's what makes the the voting thing so weird. So that's why I think that like you know if you wanted to follow the letter of the law, Rory was the air quotes PGA Tour Player of the Year, but like Brooks had a air quotes better year, which yeah. is weird. Which is really really weird. It is weird, man. It really is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, certainly I all I know is that at this particular moment in time, the best player in the world, at least in my opinion, or at least the most terrifying guy. To go up against in a tournament that really matters, it's it, it's Brooks Kepka. and and that's and I, I I honestly don't think Rory is that far behind if he's behind at all. He's just kind of on a different on a different plane, you know. Like they're they're both like they probably are the two best golfers in the world right now, but Rory just brings it in a different way. Is is that I don't know? Is, is that silly to say? Absolutely, Rory is Rory's not physically intimidating, and then Rory. Like Rory, I feel like Rory leaves shots out there every round. Yeah, and I feel like Brooks gets the most out of his round every time. Mm-hmm. And it's realistically, when you're at that level, it's the difference of one or two shots. But it's always one of those things that just the way it looks, it's a little bit less intimidating. Like, I mean, Tiger used to talk about this when he would be playing in the final group with someone, and he just knew that they weren't going to last because they weren't hitting the ball as crisp as he knew they could. So he'd be like, okay, well, eventually this guy's going to make a bogey or two, and then I'm going to beat him, you know? Mm-hmm. And Rory Rory does that in, like, weird ways. Like, you always know Rory's going to, like, you know, Rory might miss a short one, you know? And there was so, I feel like I watched so many highlights. Of, I mean, just a quick little sidebar. Please. I'm, I'm in love with YouTube. They do those, like, player highlights where, <laughs> where they show every single shot from some guy's round, and they'll break it down in, like, 11 minutes, and you just go, like, pop, 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 and they show every single shot Rory hits and route to, like, a 65. Yep. Or every single shot Brooks hits. I don't know what the account is, but it's – 
anyway, I watched a lot of those this year. And uh, glorious. And yeah, and I feel like I saw a lot of those ones, and I feel like I saw a lot of Rory missing like one or two footers. Where I feel like Brooks never missed one or two footers. Like Brooks hit it into more shit. Like I saw Brooks in the rough more. I saw Brooks like getting up and down from bunkers more. But like wherever Brooks was, he always like made the best of it. Like he'd hit yeah. it in the left rough, and then he'd like hit it in the left rough, then try to hit the green. But like missed it on the fat side in a green side bunker, then hit a great bunker shot to like six feet and make the putt. And so it's like, okay, that's one way to make a four. And and Brooks got the most out of that hole, you know, for what he had, he got the most out of that score. Where like Rory would play the exact same hole and like crank a drive down the middle of the fairway, like hit a wedge from like 121 to like 15 feet, like not a great wedge shot, but not a terrible shot, and then like miss the putt on the high side and then tap in for four. And it's like, okay, well, do you feel? Like Rory left like at least half a shot on that hole where Brooks like really like squeezed that hole for everything it was worth. Although like, you know, Rory played the hole better. They're both walking off with the same score. And I think doing that over the course of like a season, you know, just it's it's makes Brooks way scarier than it makes Rory, you know, because you're a little bit more relaxed when you're playing Rory where when you're playing Brooks, I feel like you're just like, oh, dude, like he's not going to mess that up. Oh, he's not going to mess that up. Like you're just always like you're always on edge a little bit more where with Rory, I feel like it could be a little friendly and like, Oh, he might get that up and down. He might not. Oh shit. He's on a run. He made four in a row. You know, like the, those are, it's never that threatening. You can always just kind of be like, Oh, you know, he's there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But that's my perception, dude. That's just my perception. That's just what I see. I don't know. I find your perception is. to be wildly valuable, Mr. Durr. So don't you apologize one iota. I, I think that is tremendous, tremendous stuff. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's hear now, I got a couple other news items that I wanted to hit, uh, be, again, since we haven't had a chance to talk about this stuff yet. Uh, have you been following what's been happening with these these new Kirkland Signature golf balls that ever were so highly anticipated? I know we're pivoting a little bit to equipment right now, but uh, after the first initial run of Costco, you know, Kirkland Signature golf balls came out a couple years ago. They were tested to be the equivalent, if not even better than Pro V1s, and they were selling at $15 a dozen. They sold out like hotcakes. There was a very finite amount of them left. And now after a couple years of people and uh, clamoring uh, for Costco to do another run of balls, they released them a week and a half ago. And it turns out they're basically balada balls on drugs in that they, nobody has found a golf ball produced in the last five years that cuts easier than the Kirkland Signature Ball. And because of that, Costco and their wild amazing customer service staff literally just refunded every dollar that people spent on golf balls without actually doing anything. They just sent them an email or like, yo, we're just putting all this money back in your account. Uh, sorry. Amazing really? stuff. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that true? Okay, it's so 100% I, true. I've, I've not followed any of this. I did see that Kirkland was re-releasing the golf balls, but I hadn't read anything about it. I didn't buy them. They released they released them as called something different. They're like the Pearl golf ball this time or something, so right? The, or is so, that... so Pearl is actually something totally different. So apparently another company called Pearl came out with some new golf balls, and they are essentially exactly the same as those old Kirkland signatures. They're kind of aftermarket balls that were made from a couple different pieces uh, you know, of materials purchased from a couple different places. They had them manufactured in Korea, which is where the original ones were uh, manufactured, and you know, now it's, uh, yeah, these, these new ones just basically turned out to be terrible. Um, and Costco sent an email out. They, uh, they had it shared on My Golf Spy. Jeff Shackelford shared it. It's basically like, hey, we noticed that there's been some complaints with these balls. So we're just putting all the money you spent back in your account. You don't have to return the balls. Uh, sorry. Um, so very cool by Costco. Didn't they, but... 
Yeah. Great move by Costco. Didn't they also get in some hot water? Didn't they steal a patent from a Kushnet the first go around with the Kirkland Signature Golf Ball? So I think a Kushnet Titleist was trying to claim that they did uh, infringe on a copyright. But basically, I think Titleist was just suing because there was a competitor out there selling a superior product for a third of the price, and they were terrified that when people realized they didn't have to spend $50 on a dozen golf balls, that their entire business model would essentially just dry up and die. And so I think they were proactively uh, bringing litigation against Costco to more or less intimidate them into stop selling golf balls. That That is how I understood everything. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely not well-versed in the whole situation. I'm going 1,000% off hearsay. Uh, good on Costco for returning the money. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're buying a $15 dozen golf balls, what do you expect? Dude? But maybe, <laughs> but maybe I'm just brainwashed by big golf ball business, you know, like maybe I'm just in, but like, shit, dude, what do you expect? Like it's going to break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, man. What's uh, just real quickly. What is your golf ball of choice right now? What do you, uh, what are you playing these days? I just switched to the TP five. I was playing the TP five X, uh-huh. but uh, I had a decent summer of competitive golf this this summer. I didn't reach any of my goals, so I don't know oh. if that's a good thing. But uh, but I was losing a lot of shots around the green with spin, and I was mashing the ball this summer. I did one of those like speed yes. protocols, like those speed protocols, and the ball, ball ball go far out of nowhere. And I'm not particularly a long hitter, and I started hitting it really long, and I quickly realized that I do not need length as badly as I need control around the greens. Uh-huh. So I've been playing the TP5 now for about two weeks. I rode the summer out with the TP5X. I've been on the TP5X for like four years now. Mm-hmm. And I just switched to the TP5 in hopes of um, getting up and down more. Perfect. No, I, I got a lot of buddies that are playing those. I, I feel like the two balls that... <laughs> uh, make myself chuckle. Uh, the two different types of balls that uh, my friends are playing most often are either the TP5, 5Xs, or a lot of dudes playing those Snells, uh, so the MTB Snells. You know, uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it, it seems to me like almost oh. all of my friends who actually stick to playing one particular type of golf ball, it's almost always one of those two. Very, very few people that are still steadfast in their, uh, uh, you know, in the Pro V1, they, the people, not not a lot of guys that I know just only play Pro V1s. It kind of seems like it's an afterthought. It got, I think it's it's just been too long of a run with the Pro V1. I yeah. feel like it's like you can't like you know. So it's time. It's not, I'm not going to tell a Kushnet Titleist what to do, but I mean, obviously, it's a reliable golf ball, and obviously, it's a great golf ball. But it's like yeah. it's almost it's almost like played out at this point. Yeah. Uh, Snell's throw me for a loop there, dude. So, us boys in Southern California, I got a lot of buddies that play. Vice golf balls, but the Snells, man, they haven't really made their way down here yet. Really, it's really interesting to say you. Yeah, no, everyone's a, like all the. A lot of my buddies are Vice guys. We got a lot of Vice guys down interesting. here. Interesting, yeah, because I mean, w- one of my buddies that's probably the biggest Snell stand of all time uh, is uh, our good buddy Andy, who's been on the podcast before, uh, an Orange County resident. Uh, and he do. I mean, he's yeah. he's buying them by the box. You know, I think he gets shipments of forty-eight and ninety-six golf balls sent to his house. You know, depending on how his golf game is, he might need 48 balls every, you know, two or three days or it might be two or three months. I don't, he, the man has a wildly, you know, I, I have not played with Andy in a couple of months. So I have no idea what kind of shape his golf swings in, but uh, yeah, he, he fucking swears by him, man. It's like, because uh, I think the story is Mr. Snell was basically the original engineer of the Pro V1 and before he left Titleist to then start his own golf ball company. So, yeah, apparently they're they're fantastic. So I, I'm going to have to get my hands on some of those and really actually give him a and, and give them a run to see if they uh, if they perform any better than the TP5, 5Xs, or the Pro Vs. But uh, 
I digress. We got a couple more items to hear before I let you go, my friend. Um, since we've talked last, it has come out that there will be a skins game, and not just any skins game, but a wildly, supposedly, entertaining skins game on the island of Japan. Four participants from four different countries. America will be represented by none other than Tiger Eldrick Woods. Europe will be represented by Mr. Rory McIlroy. Down Under, J-Day, and then, of course, the home country of Japan will have its golden son, Hideki Matsuyama, showing up. My question to you, Krister, are you going to watch, or do you... Is is this I don't know is it is this worth taking a, an afternoon off of doing what else you'd be doing to watch them play golf in Japan? Hell yeah, dude! Okay. I I I've been screaming at the top of mountains for Shell's Wonderful World of Golf to come back. And yes. last okay. year the Good. last year the match was slightly underwhelming, not terrible, but just underwhelming. Like those guys think they're good at trash talking, they're really not. It's okay. Uh, so I think I think one of the big things that the match was missing, or not missing, but I think one of the big things that's addressed in this skins game that will make it better than the match is the fact that there's more players. Yeah. yeah. Why not watch them play in a foursome, dude? I play in a foursome every time I go play because I'm forced Cause you're, to. Because you're they a don't, boss. Like, you know, if, I, if, if, if No, well, I mean, realistically, <laughs> if I go play a golf course and I'm playing with my roommate and we're go and make a tee time as a twosome, they always pair us with two other dudes. So it's like, you know, how often do you get to play as just a twosome? Uh, I think a foursome is great because that's what everyone plays with. You'll get to see that dynamic. It's gonna be fun. I'm all in on, I'm all in like on the hipster golf movement in the sense that like, golf is seems to be getting away from the traditional stroke play. Like you know, this is what we do and this is how we do it all the time. For everywhere from like, equipments. You're just talking about Snell and Vice and everything. It's like you know, there's little mom and pop shops in air quotes that are doing things in the golf world and and. People are kind of moving away from like the the big brand, big product of like you know PGA Tour golf and, and doing different things. And I think it's cool to see these four guys doing something different, frankly. And and it'll be interesting to see to see how how intense it gets. It'll be interesting to see what these guys' games are like. Because it was cool seeing Tiger and Phil do that match because their neither one of their games were particularly sharp. And it's so true because like if I'm playing in the weeks leading up to an event, like I could shoot terrible numbers but then the week the, the day the event shows up it's like a different gear is engaged so right i'm assuming these guys have a really really similar experience so it'll be cool to see these guys look somewhat human while still not you know but it'll just be cool to see them play different golf and play a skins game and play on some rel- probably going to be an easy golf course honestly yeah. it's not it's not going to be a tour setup you know so and 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 it'll just be fun to to see these guys just cruise around and like play fun golf. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not it's this is golf. This is golf for the sake of golf. This isn't golf for a career or golf for money or golf for prestige or golf for trophies. It's golf because those dudes love to play golf. This one's so for why wouldn't rights. I want to see these guys do that? Yeah, exactly. It's for bragging rights. It's for it's for fuck. It's for fun. That's dude. how it's, it's supposed for, to be. It's supposed it's supposed to be fun. I can think of that P- the Family Guy skit. This is fun. This is supposed to be fun. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> So and that's what it is. So hell yeah, man! I'm all in. Good. I'm so in. I'm so in. Good. I'm ready to. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, man. I, I was trying to phrase it so as not to get too excited. I, I thought it was. I might even be able to actually throw you off the scent and make you think that I was not excited. But uh, October 21st is going to be a good day for golf, man. I'm I'm really really excited to watch it. And then of course, you know, in the days right after that, the PGA Tour makes its very first stop in Japan at the, with the Zozo Championship. So 
Um, I, I think that one is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm glad you're excited, too. Um, the last item of business for you today, my friend, uh, as a Northern California and more specifically like a, you know, a, a Bay Area you know, resident or you know, someone who works in the Bay Area at the very least, uh, we, we get our PGA Tour stop. You know, the, the Safeway Open is this weekend. It is the North Course at Silverado, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, a really, really good field. Originally, they said Adam Scott was going to be in the field. I couldn't find anything that confirmed it this week. But even with or without Adam Scott, they're going to have Phil Mickelson, Patrick Cantlay, and Colin Morikawa all in the same group on Thursday and Friday. So a trio of really talented Californians uh, teeing up. And then you also get... Justin Thomas, you get Frankie Molinari. I mean, it, I, I do not recall a fall event being this loaded in a long time. It, it seems to me like their tournament director's plan of just providing so many awesome things that the tour wives and girlfriends would want to be a part of that they have actually convinced many of their uh, significant others to participate in the tournament uh, for no other reason than they want to go to Napa and eat, drink, and party. Um, it appears to be a success. My question to you then is, will you be watching this weekend? And do you have any recommendations or thoughts on, uh, who you like? Uh, if, if, I mean, if anybody out there wants to do any wagering, do you have any recommendations? I mean, I, I, I kind of come to you for this kind of advice. I will definitely watch. This is, this is for sure the premier cream of the crop fall series event. Yes. I just looked at the player list, uh, the field. And Adam Scott is confirmed in the field, okay, which is good, great. Good. Awesome. Super down with that. A uh, couple guys that I'm curious about watching. Uh, Patrick Rogers in the field uh, mm. was injured towards the end of last year, so didn't get to play a bunch. Got married last year. Did yep. a bunch of stuff that, uh, you know, just kind of was away from the golf course for a while, which I think might have been good for him. So I'm curious to see how he does in his return because he's still a relatively young American with a lot of talent. I think he's 27 years old. Um highly touted college player who hasn't really done much since he's gotten out there. Um, and so I'm excited to see him come back. I'm curious to see how he does. Uh-huh. He's a California boy. or no, He's not from California, but he played at Stanford. So, okay. you know, somewhat comfortable there. Really curious about watching him. Uh, I'm also just really into watching any and all the, like, the rookies or long, young guys. You know, like it's a field that's young guy heavy, which I always think is just really, For sure. really fun to watch. Including you know? a 17-year-old professional making his second like professional start in Akshay Bhatia, which uh, which would be very interesting in itself to go watch. Exactly. I'm trying not to like overhype it because that guy is. I, he seems like the real deal. Yeah. And, like he seems he seems like a badass. I like Genghis guys, so I'm all in on like what he's got going on. Totally. Everybody is on board though. Every, the whole world is on board with him, and I. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, worried. I'm worried, and I'm not super supportive of his decision to not go to college. Yeah. Uh, would have liked to see him at least go for one year. You know, mm-hmm. just go hang out for a year. Who cares if you're way better than those guys? Like, just go kick it. But did, did, did like, anybody tell go him? Go to a party. Did anybody tell him how kick at kick ass it is to like be a freshman in college? I don't know. Like, I don't know if anyone did. Yeah, I, I don't it's know. Like, if that's, I, that is something I would not give up for anything in the world. That was like an incredible year in my life, and I, I most of my friends feel the same way. It, it, I'm bummed he is going to miss out on that. I am too. So I'm trying to just super avoid it. Like I'm trying to just be like, eh, you know what? Like I'm not even gonna jump jump on the bandwagon. Let's let's give this guy years to mature because it's gonna be. There's no way it's not gonna be a steep learning curve for the kid because right. he's literally 17 years old. So totally. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna go there. I'm just gonna hope for I'm gonna hope for the best and I'm gonna be happy for whatever happens and I'm really hoping it's not some kind of like a, 
uh, Ty Tryon situation, you know, where it, it came out too early and then just fizzled out. Um, another player I'm excited about, uh, Monday qualifier into the Safeway field, coming out of my alma mater, Henry Chung, mm. U- University of San Francisco's stud golfer, managed to Monday qualify into the event as a pro. Turned graduated last year and turned pro and has been playing on the mini tours. Has been winning a bunch on this tour called the Bow Tour. Okay. Who, who even knows what it is? Started by some dude named Bo. Absolutely hilarious. One can, uh, o- one can only expect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so he's making his first PGA Tour start this week. Managed to him. Monday qualify. Uh, he's. I mean, he played all his college golf in San Francisco. Uh, so Barry is super familiar with Silverado. So I'm totally 100% pulling for him to make the cut. And I think it'd be cool to see him do something, something rad. If I was going to throw money down this week, it's really hard not to throw it on like Phil or, or Kevin. Nah, just like those guys, they'd love yeah. safe. If they love the safe way, they're, their C game is going to be better than a lot of these young guys a game right now, just because these young guys don't really even know what they're doing. So it's like, you know, if the, it's, you're not gonna you're not gonna make or break your year this week, so you might as well not break your gambling budget by putting it on some dark horse. Even though there are, the list is endless as far as interesting young guys that are playing this week. I mean, another guy that I see here on the list, Byron Meth, uh, finished like 79th last year on the Web.com Tour money list, and he's San Diego local. My year in high school, graduated 2011, went to high school. Uh, Patrick Henry down here in San Diego was always a really, really good junior golfer in San Diego. And uh, this is his first tour start. So that'll be rad mm-hmm. to see how he does. Uh, Harry Higgs, who was really high on the um, the web.com tour money list last year, m- made it in through the top 25 and now has full status this year on the tour. He's an awesome guy. I roomed with him in the Dominican Republic uh, when I was caddying on the Latin America tour and uh, never had more fun with any golfer ever than that guy for a week. It was great. We had a house and a pool and like just did barbecues and he likes to drink Tito's out of a styrofoam cup, which is awesome. My kind so, of guy. Yes. Yeah. He's the freaking man and loves to play liar's dice. Me and him were just oh. rounding up dudes in the house to play liar's dice and just drinking Tito's. And it was, it was awesome. And he was, uh, not playing well, which was a bummer. So it was cool to see him turn around because that was three For years sure. ago where he was struggling on the Latin America tour. And he's talked about it on other shows um, when he kind of got his butt in gear and realized that he didn't want to play in Latin America anymore. And it's cool to see that like once he put his nose to the grindstone, he got to the tour in two years, which is freaking rad. Like what not a lot savage. of people do that. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that's just absolutely awesome. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Uh, Christopher, it's a lot of lot of fun, cool names. I know, man. Just I, I'm I'm really sad that I'm not going to be out at the Safeway. If you are out at the Safeway Open this weekend, to anybody listening to this, really enjoy yourself. I've gotten uh, text messages from about a dozen of my friends already asking me which day is going to be out there, and I have had to disappoint each and every one of them, telling them if it wasn't for my jerk off friend Mark getting married in Monterey this weekend, I would be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But alas. I will uh, I will be suffering down on the Monterey Peninsula. Don't feel too bad for me, um, but it, dude, it, it is it is going to be awesome up there. A great field again. If you like to drink alcohol, watch golf, and eat really really good food, I think I think it is a really nice event to be at. And uh, assuming that pretty much qualifies about ninety eight percent of the population listening to this podcast, hopefully more. Uh, Get the fuck out there if, if you're not if you're not too far away. It, it is going to be a great. Call. I mean, I even got buddies that are coming up from Orange County. Uh, the, my, my buddy Andy, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he just told me that he's coming up from Orange County for this weekend. So uh, it, it should be a really good time. It's going to be a big, huge party. They got live music. 
I think, going Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights after the event out on the golf course. So it should be a really, really good time. Um, hopefully all of you listening to this podcast have a chance to make it out there. Uh, and with that, Mr. Durr, I, unfortunately, I, I'm running a little uh, a little short on time today, so I, I'm going to have to uh, cut this one off for today. But can can we do this again soon? Absolutely, absolutely. There's uh, some big things coming from the No Gamies podcast in 2020 and yes. probably at the end of this year a little bit. So I'll just leave you all with a little teaser there. But Please. we'll definitely do this again, and I can, uh, and I'm excited to share what uh, what will be coming to you guys here. Uh, basically for all of 2020 and maybe a little bit of the end of 2019 here. It's a it's a really, really fun project. And I think for all of you golf fans and, and public golf fans specifically, I think you guys are really going to get a lot of enjoyment out of what's to come. So yeah. we'll definitely do it again and I can lay out the plan and, and we can just chat again I love it. Uh, about all things golf, my friend. Oh, I love it. Yeah, with a little bit you've shared with me so far, I am very, very excited, man. So uh, if if anybody uh, you know is listening to this podcast and they, they just started listening recently, where can they find you, my friend? On social media, where can they find the No Gimme's podcast? Where where can people get more Christer if they need it? Wherever podcasts are bought, <laughs> they're sold. <laughs> I, you can get you can find me on any and all podcast streaming services. It's No Gimme's on Instagram and Twitter as well. Beautiful. Always sharing the cool golf courses that I'm playing with my friends and fun people that I play with. Uh, there's always there's always something happening over here at the No Gimme side. So. Feel free to check us out on any of those social medias or wherever you get your podcast and uh, and let us know what you think. Don't be shy to leave a review or comment on some of those picks, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, awesome. Christopher Durr, you are a good man. You are a very good man. I really appreciate the time, brother. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let, let, let's get back on here in a couple short weeks. We got uh, we, we ourselves have a couple changes coming up with the uh, with the podcast here uh, towards the end of 2019. So excited to share that with all of you as well. So uh, until then, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you haven't done so already, be sure to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. That helps us out tremendously. And you know what? While you're doing it, head on over to the No Gimme's page. Give it you know give it a listen and if you haven't done so already and give leave them a rating and review just let's share the love you know let's let's spread that around you know a lot, a lot of talented people out here in the golf media business and uh, we, we represent a very small portion of them but we still need the love we still need your love to sustain ourselves so Chris thank you very much man to all of you listening thank you very much I'll be back next week and until then adios <laughs>